Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Take just a moment after service. Uh, there is going to be a special table set up just for you. And, and I don't know about the kind of things that you like, but we just set some things out there that I like. And so I'm trusting that if I like them, you'll like them, dads. And so swing by that table, hang around afterwards, just have some fellowship as guys. And uh, again, if you don't take it, I'll certainly enjoy it. So, (laughs) amen. So anyways, uh, see that table and let's have some fellowship afterwards. Amen. Well, how many of you are glad that it's a day we can celebrate fathers, right? I mean, it's a good opportunity. I mean, if it wasn't for moms, I don't know where we would be. In fact, uh, I've said this before and it's come back to haunt me. But, you know, when it comes to ladies, when it comes to wives and moms, moms do what they have to. Dads do what they want to. (laughs) I don't know how that worked out, but, you know, it's kind of a true statement, you know. Uh, She's over there doing dishes, and we're sitting watching TV. So it's not fair, but you know what? We need to change that, don't we? (laughs) Anyways, so you know what? In regards to just celebrating and commemorating dads, really, I just believe that because of the mandate that is on GVC, that God has called us to to really equip passionate followers of Christ that have a heart to reach our community and to reach our world for for the kingdom of God. And I just believe as men, as God begins to shape and mold our hearts, we're going to begin to set examples in this community as to what it means to be a Christ follower. How many of you know that when it comes to being a man, there is nothing more manly than a man that will serve God? I know there's a lot of things that we have allowed to shape that mentality or shape that thinking, but I'm telling you what, there is nothing more masculine, nothing more uh, impressive than a man that has a tender heart towards God. I know as men, we just have this persona about us that we can't let people see us sweat. We can't let people see us be emotional, but I'm telling you what, when you get in the presence of God, you can't help but be moved and shaped by God. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's blessed me throughout the years when I've seen those individuals that were so hard. I mean, you see like guys that look like bikers, you know, they're just gruff, they're rough. And you think, dear God, I, I better just say hi just right or they might punch me in the face or something, you know. But you, you get around them and they get in the presence of God and then all of a sudden you see tears running down their face. And you're like, wow, God. God has the ability to melt the heart of the hardest men and turn hard men into great men of God. And so I just want to commend you men that are here serving God, setting the example, and just allowing God to continue to shape you and mold you. And so I honor you today. Uh, I count it a privilege and honor to be a dad. And uh, one of the greatest things that I can think of possibly being. And so just to get us started here, I want to give you some numbers Uh, Today in America, 43% of all children live without their father. In regards to those people in America that have no father, 90% of all homeless and runaway children are individuals that don't have a dad. 71% of all pregnant teenagers have an absent father. 71% of all high school dropouts are absent of a father. 75% 75% of adolescents 
that our patients concerning chemical abuse or struggle with substance, they are from a fatherless home. And fatherless children are twice as likely to drop out of high school. And lastly, those that do not have a father in the home, they are more likely to have behavioral problems in their life. You see, dads, you're significant. God has assigned a special task for us as men and as fathers. And within this culture today, there is a big debate of whether or not dad is significant. In this movement of identity and independence, there's this question of, do we really need a father? Is it necessary? Is it significant? And it is a resounding yes. Dads are significant. Dads are important. Dads are needed to shape the home and shape the family and shape the lives of young men and women. You know, this past week, uh, we had a board meeting for the church and our board consists of several pastors that I am in relationship with that uh, I have speak into my life that have years of wisdom. And so this past week, uh, we had that board meeting and uh, one of the particular board meeting uh, board members, rather, I, I've known him for about 10 years and I've known a lot about his life. But then after the board meeting, we went out to lunch and just was able to spend some time fellowshipping with the other pastors. And as we're sitting there talking, this one particular uh, pastor started to share a little bit more about his life. In fact, he began to tell us that just two weeks ago, he had an encounter with God. And God began to put the pieces together of his life. Now, mind you, this man is a pastor. God has gotten a hold of his life and he's impacting people's lives. He's building the kingdom of God. He's raising a family and being a man of God. But this is what he said. He said last week or two weeks ago, rather, he was just spending some time in the presence of God, just meditating on God and fellowshipping with God. And he said all of a sudden he had what you might call a vision. And he said, as I'm sitting there in the presence of God, all of a sudden I see myself step into an elevator and begin to descend. And as I descended a couple floors, he says, the doors opened up. He said, when the doors opened up, there were all these people that were waiting for me to step out of the elevator as though they were waiting so eagerly to greet me. He said, I couldn't see their faces. He said, but there was just a number of people that were just waiting and just wanting to have fellowship with me and then he said all of a sudden the people started to part and there at the back was Jesus and he said then I began to walk towards Jesus and he said I kind of saw it as though it was like watching a tv program he said I didn't see Jesus's face but he says I'm sitting there observing myself standing with Jesus and he said in fact in this moment he said we're facing this outer wall and he says I see the back of me and I see the back of Jesus and we're looking out this great wall of windows and he said on the other side of the windows is just a beautiful landscape he says so gorgeous and he said Jesus turned to me and he says all of that is mine And he said, and I answered him in my fashion that I kind of do. He says, I know. (laughs) And he said, but then from that moment, he said, Jesus turned towards me. And he said, in that moment, he said, the scene zoomed out. And I seen myself facing Jesus. But he said, I saw 
my three-year-old self. And he said, Jesus stooped down and picked me up and held me in his arms. And then at this point, he begins to get emotional. He said, I laid my head on his shoulder. And he said, the Lord said to me, he says, you have been carrying many people on your shoulders. And in that moment, in an instant, his life began to unfold as to the pieces of his life of what Jesus was saying to him. He said, immediately I began to see myself as a three-year-old boy growing up with my mom. He said, my mom was dating a guy. He says, the guy lived with my mom. And he said, this one particular day, he said, the man came home and said to my mom, he said, I've gotten another woman pregnant and therefore I'm leaving you and I'm going to be with this other woman. And he said, as a three-year-old boy, he said, I can still remember how I felt as a three-year-old boy. He said, I looked to that man as my hero. He said, I wanted to be that man. He says, I loved him as though he was my father and I thought he was my father. And he said, after he had told her that he got another woman pregnant, he says, my mom proceeded to tell him, well, I'm pregnant too. He said, she was pregnant with my half-brother. He said, I didn't know he was my half-brother until I was 30 years old. He said, but upon her telling him that she was pregnant as well, he began to beat her. And he said, as a three-year-old boy watching my mom getting beat, he said, I ran and I grabbed onto him and says, leave my mommy alone. He says, that man grabbed me and threw me into the couch and says, don't get out of that couch. If you do, I'll kill you. And he says, as a three-year-old boy, I was terrified. And he said, I watched that man beat my mom unconscious, knocking her unconscious by beating her with the baby high chair. And he said, from that moment on, he said, I always seem to carry people on my shoulders. He said, I tried to carry my mom and I lost her at a very young age. He said, I always tried to carry my brother and it seems like I always try to carry everybody on my shoulders. But God said to me, he says, you don't have to. He says, you have and you can continue to do so. But you don't have to carry other people on your shoulders. And all the while, he's weeping as he's telling us the story. And so dads, my message to you this morning is, is that you don't have to carry it all on your shoulders. You don't have to carry the burden of being father, of being husband, of being all that this world tells us that we have to be. We don't have to carry it on our shoulders. Amen? I realize that as men, we are always interested in the stats. We're always interested in the scoreboard, right? In fact, us guys, for most guys that like sports, if the game is on and you walk into the room, what's the first thing that you say? What's the score, right? So we're always interested in what the scoreboard is. And for us men, scoreboards are important because they, they tell us as men how we're measuring ourselves. Are we doing well? Are we being successful? Are we getting ahead in life? 
But oftentimes these scoreboards that we set up for ourselves can be a heavy burden to bear. As fathers, we feel the burden of being providers. We feel the burden of being protectors. We feel the burden of being punishers or the one that carries out the discipline. But you see, being a husband and being a father, it doesn't have the traditional scoreboard that is attached to it. And the interesting thing is, is that concerning the world, and when I'm speaking of the world, I'm talking about those that are apart from Christ. The world has set up a different scoreboard that designates or signifies of what success is. But when it comes to God, we don't go by the same scoreboard. And therefore, if we begin to understand that we don't have to carry the load ourselves, that we're not in this alone, we can begin to identify the wins. We can see what God is wanting to do. We can see what God is trying to accomplish and what God is using us to do. In Deuteronomy chapter six, starting in verse six, the Bible says this. And these are the words which I command you today. They shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Did you notice what it says? It says, this word that I've given you, this commandment, this directive, this instruction that I've given you as a man, as a husband, as a leader, he says, this command, this word that I give you, he says, make sure that it has become a lifestyle. So that as it becomes a lifestyle, it begins to filter down in the life of your children. Come on. He's saying, this is the scoreboard. This is what it looks like. And so the interesting thing is, is that when we think about that as, as men, as, as, as providers and protectors, we start to look at that and say, but there's all kinds of other things that we need to focus on. But God says, if we'll purpose to seek him first, all these things are added unto you. See, it's hard for us to even begin to imagine that my job, my focus is to turn the attention of my family and my children towards God. He says, this is the scoreboard. He says, make it your conversation. Make it your attention. When you get up, when you go to bed, when you're just walking, make your focus and your attention to be on me. Amen? Are you seeing that this morning? Because I realize that once again, we start to think about all these other things. But why do we start to look to those other things? It's because we've allowed the world's scoreboard to dictate and tell us what needs to be the importance or the priorities of life. Right? But God says, if you'll seek me first, if you'll seek me, he says, all the things that you desire will be added to your life. Now listen to this. We're talking about the scoreboard. Research shows that only three out of 10 dads in America are functioning to serve their family according to the, how the Bible teaches. Let me say that again. Research has shown that only three out of 10 dads in America are functioning to serve their families according to how the Bible teaches.
So what does that mean? That means that 70% of men are carrying the load on their shoulders. We were never meant to carry the load by ourselves. God never looked to you to carry the burden. He wants to be partners with you. He wants to be there in the game with you. Well, what does it mean then? What does it mean to become this man that God desires for me? What, is, what does it mean to become a man of God? What does it mean to be a father of God? What does it mean to be a husband of God? What does that look like? Well, once again, when you think about us as men, we play games to win. We play games and we look at the score, right? But as I said, God has a scoreboard as well. And as we begin to look at the scriptures, we begin to see throughout the scriptures that God consistently gives accounts of things. For instance, in Psalms 90, he says that our days are numbered. When you look at Proverbs 27, he says, concerning you that have livestock or if you're a farmer or businessman, he says, know the state of your flock. In other words, know whether it's doing well. Keep account, keep record, keep score. He says it's important to your benefit. And then if you remember over in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says, gives us the parable of the talents. And he says, there are those that receive five talents. There are those that receive 10 talents. Those that received one. He said, those that received, they received back in return. And he said, there are those that squandered it away and didn't receive anything. And so as we begin to look at God just as an account of who he is, he's keeping score, he keeps records, he's diligent. But this is what we find out about God, that God is a God of stewardship. He's important for us or he's, he's making an, uh, or setting the example or setting precedence for there to be a good example of stewardship. And God expects us how it is to be a man of God, a husband, a father, it is to be a good steward of that which he gave us. Psalms 127 verse 3 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. So notice this. I know that there are days that your children don't feel like a reward. Come on, anybody got a witness in here? Come on. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, dear God, can I give these back? I've said to my daughter, my, my middle daughter, again, my middle daughter's just got her own personality and there's been different times that we're talking and she said, well, I'm just going to run away. I said, well, that's okay. I said, we adopted you anyway, so. <laughs> I said, you know what? We've been thinking about giving you back anyway, so. <laughs> She's like, am I really? <laughs> no, you're not adopted. You got to be careful what you say because they can take you serious. But anyways, <laughs> the Bible says that our children are a gift. Well, what does God want us to do with our children? He wants us to be a good steward of our children. And the best stewardship that we have as fathers is to be able to give our children back to God. If God, in true fashion, has shown us what stewardship is and gave us our children, then in like fashion, we have to have the intent to give our children back to God. So how does God expect me to do this? How does God expect me to be this father, this husband, this leader? Well, listen, let's take the load off of our shoulders because God don't expect you to be perfect. 
I said, God don't expect you to be perfect as dads. He knows that you're going to make mistakes. He knows that there's going to be times that you did it wrong. And all we have to do is purpose to make it right. But for you guys that like sports, how many of you know that if your batting average is 333, you're in the Baseball Hall of Fame? So what does that mean? That means those that make it to the Baseball Hall of Fame that are recognized in our, our history as superstar players or hitters, it means that they're striking out two-thirds of the time. Amen. And so listen, that means that for you as a dad, all you have to do is keep on trying. See, it's not a matter of how many times you get knocked down. It's a matter of how many times you get back up. Amen. Right? Because we're going to make mistakes. But we can't stay in that place and carry the burden of that upon our shoulders. God says, I've made a way of escape. Right? In fact, it's interesting, you know, we oftentimes make bad decisions and you think, dear God, that just kind of slipped up on me and I made a stupid decision. You know, yeah, that's really not the case. You know, the Bible says that God has given us a way of escape before we ever got there. So really, if we got into a position where we made a bad decision that in, uh, impacted our family, that means that you made a series of bad decisions. Because this bad decision was preceded by that bad decision and that bad decision was preceded by that one because it got me here, Right. Come on, how many of you know that God isn't just ready to knock you upside the head? He's ready there to take hold of you and help carry the load with you. Why? Because he's wanting us to succeed. You don't have to carry the load by yourself. And so many times it can feel overwhelming, as I said, because of all that this life entails. But in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, the Bible says this. Casting all of your cares, all your anxiety, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. How many of you know that the past can carry itself with you throughout the years? That friend of mine that I said was beginning to share with me about God telling him you don't have to carry the load. He's 51 years old. At the age of three, he took the burden upon himself. So what is that, 48 years? For 48 years, he carried the past. There might be some things that you've been carrying, some things that have, have affected you, some things that the enemy has used against you, you don't have to carry the load anymore. In fact, God says, cast that care, that anxiety, that worry. Cast it on me once and for all. He said, because I care for you. And I've been watching over you ever since you were just a little baby. He's never lost sight of you. He's never lost track of you. He's never been caught off guard by what's going on in your life. He's been there with you the whole time. So what's my part? Dads, what's our part in this? How do we cooperate with God and helping him carry the load? In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, it says this. It says, train up a child in the ways that he should go. Teach him to seek God's wisdom 
and his will for his ability and talents. And even when he is old, he will not depart from them. God says, I've given you a responsibility. He says, train up your children. Now, once again, I realize that many of you might have adult children. You think, well, what can I do now? You can just begin to love on them and become the steward that God has always called you to be. Amen? So what can I do? Now, listen to this. In 3 John chapter 1, verse 4, it says, I have no greater joy than this, to hear of my children walking in the truth. What's our job as a father? Our job is to help our children walk in the truth of knowing God. Listen to this. Point zero two nine six of children that play sports will become professional athletes. Let me say that again. Point zero two nine six is the chance of your child becoming a professional athlete. But there is a 100% chance that they'll stand before God. What's more significant? What's more important? What's your priority? Listen to this. 3.5% of families come to Christ if the child comes to Christ first. 17% of the family comes to Christ if the mom comes to Jesus first. 95% of the family comes to Christ if dads come first. Dads, you are significant. You are important. Did you hear the statistics? Almost 100% of the family comes to Jesus, seals the eternity with God as a result of dad saying, I will lead the way. If there was ever something to carry as a burden, and not that it's a burden, but to say, I will shoulder that and I will be the man that leads my family into knowing God. Not just knowing about God. Not just doing the religious thing and coming to church, but having a relationship with Jesus. Can anybody say amen? amen? You see, a person's natural existence, as we saw from the statistics, are greatly impacted by the dad being involved in a person's life or a child's life. But we see or saw that more importantly, eternity is affected by dads being involved in life. So, how can we be a great dad? How can, I, how can I raise great kids? How can I help them know God? How can I set them up for success? What is my role? How do I do this without shouldering the burden and trying to do everything by myself? Well, in first, or excuse me, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, it says this. It says, For you know that we dealt with each of you as fathers, deal with his own children encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live a life worthy who calls you into the, his kingdom of glory. You see, God said our role is to encourage. Our role is to comfort. Our role is to lead them into a relationship with God. Amen? 
Our role is to lead them in a relationship with God. And for that matter, I ask the question, how do we become great fathers? How do we raise great kids? If you remember the words of Jesus, Jesus said this, the way that you become great is that you become a servant. You see, God's desire is for us to become servants as fathers. Our children ought to see us dads serving the family. It ought not always be that way where mom's doing the dishes and we're over there flipping through the channels. They ought to see us come home as dads and say, how can I help you, honey? How can I help you, children? We ought to set the example to serve our children, to be invested in their life, to ask the questions, how was your day? What's your goal? What do you desire? What do you want to be? And how can I help you get there? You see, God wants us to serve and that is the biggest example that we can set before our kids to be great fathers and to raise great kids. If you recall, Jesus said this in John chapter 14. He says, I won't leave you as orphans. I won't leave you to be by yourself. I won't leave you alone. And so dads, in my final words to you, just to encourage you, to help you understand that you don't have to carry the load. As I've been talking, you might have been reflecting of your life. I realize that there are men in here that have never known their father. There are men in here that have lost their father way too soon. You may have known a father that was abusive to you. Or maybe you had the greatest father that there ever was. But wherever you find yourself, one of the things I want you to hear God saying is that even when you were that three-year-old little boy, I was aware of you. And all he's wanting to do is say, will you still be that little boy? Will you allow me to take you in my arms, put your head to my shoulder, and let me love you and let me carry you so that you don't have to carry the burden. Will you allow God to do that for you today? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I know that there is unresolved pain, there is unresolved hurts, there's unresolved bitterness and anger from things of the past. There are questions that don't have answers. There are things that you see in your life that are a byproduct of the father that you had. But today, that can all change. You see, you too have been carrying that with you all these years. And you've done it. But God is saying, you don't have to anymore. And so, will you choose to cast your care this morning? Will you choose to take whatever has held you back? Take whatever has hurt you Take what is ever stuck with you over the years and say, God, 
I'm going to give that to you. Now I realize that there might be some fear in that because you're saying, I don't know what my identity would be without that. Because my entire life has been shaped around that. And that's who I've become and that's who I am. But you recall that God says, I want to shape you and mold you into the new person, into the new man, into the new father, if you'll just jump in and let me love you. It's just that easy. You might think that it is hard as a rock, as big as a mountain, but it will dissolve in the presence of God's love. So guys, I just want to pray for you this morning. I just want to give you a charge just to go out in the power of the Lord. But those that have carried hurts and pains, I want to encourage you just to let it go as I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. And God, I know that this is maybe a somber moment when we purpose to celebrate dads. But God, this is what the celebration is all about, us coming into the freedom and the liberty of everything that you have called us and assigned us to. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lay down the hurt, the pain, the confusion, the questions that seem as though they don't have any answers, God. We place that upon you. We hand it over once and for all. I'll no longer allow that to define me. It will no longer choose the course of my life. I give it to you. And God, I lean into and I choose to become the man that you have called me to be. Stewarding my life, not from the past, not from that which has happened, but I steward my life, my family, my marriage, based upon all that you've called me to be. For I am free in you and I have the freedom of the promise of God. And so I choose to walk in that from this day forward in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for every man that is in this place, whether we have older children, younger children, or just babies. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the anointing that you have placed upon all of our lives. Yes, you that have stepchildren, I'm praying for you as well. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that anointing. And that anointing as a dad destroys the yoke and removes the burdens upon our children's life because of the power of God that is assigned to being a father. So in Jesus' name, we send you out in the newness of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life